You know, some of you are old enough to remember a day when a person's name was far more important than all the silver and the gold of the world. There was a time when a person's name was far more valuable than all the money and the prestige that the world can offer. There was a time when a person's name meant everything. I was brought up to think this way. It was drummed in my ears since I was a little boy. Why? Because I grew up in a Christian family in a sea of non-Christians. And the thought was this, that to dishonor your name is to dishonor the name of Jesus. Because we carry the name of Christ in the midst of unbelieving society. I know that even today, when you mention someone's name, that name immediately, automatically communicates either honor or dishonor. Even now, when we mention someone's name, we immediately think either it represents total integrity or dishonesty. I know even now, when we mention a name, it immediately communicates what that person is all about. In fact, I want to do an exercise with you today. If I mention the name Richard Nixon, what do you immediately think of? Trickery, right? Immediately you think of someone who's scheming and maneuvering and conniving. But if I mention the name Ronald Reagan, you immediately think of courage, integrity, right? I mean, that is how we think of someone's name, how a name represents the person. Why is that? Because a person's name becomes who that person is. We often say, what's in a name? Well, everything is in a name. It really is. I remember years ago, and I'm talking about years ago, I was counseling with a young couple who were trying to name their newborn son. And mama wants to name the boy Timothy. And the father said, over my dead body. And I thought the name Timothy was wonderful. I couldn't understand what's wrong with it. And I couldn't understand why this big dispute until I found out that when the young father was growing up back when he was in school, there was a bully in the schoolyard by the name of Timmy. And he could not even get himself to the point of visualizing this precious little boy, his son, that he loves so dearly, can be called Timmy. Because Timmy represented the worst in his memory. And a name means everything. In fact, in biblical times, they named their children of what they hoped for them to be when they grow up. In fact, not only names were important, but the adjectives that we use to describe our children are very important. Sometimes parents use words about their children, tell them you're stupid, and you tell them this, and you tell them the other thing. I want to tell you something. Parents, listen to me. This is wrong, because you are imparting and imputing some characteristic upon your children that you do not want them to have. I want to give you an illustration. just read the other day about a teacher who was asking her classroom, and said, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, the normal, natural, well-known professions, you know, president, fireman, engineer, doctor, whatever. They just kept 
coming with those kinds of professions until they came to Billy. And the teacher said, now, Billy, what do you want to do when you grow up? What do you want to be? And he said, I want to be possible. Possible? Yes, because mom tells me all the time I'm impossible. (laughs) So I want to grow up to be possible. Often we don't realize what we're doing to our children when we label them like this, when we use these kinds of descriptions. But if names are important to us mere mortals, I want to tell you they are extremely important when it comes to God. In fact, God's Word tells us that because names have incredible meanings, names often changed in the Bible. You see, Abraham became Abraham. You see, Jacob becomes Israel. You see, Cephas becomes Peter. You see, Saul becomes Paul. Why? Because every time when there is a name change, there is an indication of a new mission that is given to that person. Every time there is a name change, there's an indication of a change in the identity and the significance of this new calling that God has placed upon their life. Now, some of you might be saying, well, what all of this has to do with developing the life of praise that you've been talking about? Has everything to do with it. Hear me right on this. I want you to listen carefully. The names of God are the composite of what God is all about. The names of God are the composite of God's revelation. Revelation of what? Revelation of his nature, a revelation of his identity, a revelation of his sovereignty, and yes, revelation of his desire. If you really want to know God, you have to know his names. If you want to know God, you must understand what God revealed about himself in his names. And the reason God revealed his names to us is an evidence to the fact that He desires for us to know Him intimately. The reason God reveals His names to us is evidence that He wants us to praise Him more fully, to praise Him completely. The reason God reveals His names to us is evidence that He wants us to enter into a full and into deep abiding relationship with Him. If you ask the average Christian, what is the sacrifice of praise? You will get all kinds of answers, and some no answers at all. Listen to what Hebrews 13, 15 says. Through Jesus, therefore, let us continuously offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confesses His name. So what's the sacrifice of praise? Listen carefully. A sacrifice of praise is the confession of the names of the Lord. A sacrifice of praise is speaking His name in relationship to our daily life. A sacrifice of praise is the invoking of the power of the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. In fact, in this particular message in the series that I've been going through, 
is the most practical message of all that we've been looking at in the life of praise and developing the life of praise. This is the how-to message in all of the series. If you're taking notes, I've got nine things to tell you. So start writing. (laughs) Nine things. The first name that God wanted us to know about himself is the name Yahweh. In English, Jehovah. I prefer Yahweh because kind of gets my throat going. Yahweh. Can you say Yahweh? God bless you. By the way, this is a name that is used more than any other names of God in both Old and New Testament. It is used about 6,800 times in both Old and New Testament. And the name literally means to be or the ever-living or the self-existing. So what does that mean? It means that our God depends on nothing and no one for his existence. Can you say praise Yahweh? Praise now I'm going to get you to do a little bit better than that. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. You got it because we, this is just a warm-up, okay? The second name that God gives us about himself that he reveals to us in his word that we need to know him by is Yahweh Yara. But I'm going to give you the English so you make it easy on yourself. Jehovah Jireh. Can you say Jehovah Jireh? Jireh. Our provider. In Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham went up to Mount Moriah to offer his son Isaac in obedience to the call of the Lord, the command of the Lord, he went to offer him as a sacrifice. He said to his servants, and if you want the reference, it's Genesis 22 verse 5. There is a very significant verse there. If you have your Bible, mark it, underline it. Here's what Abraham said to the servants. They got to the bottom of the mountain, and he said, You stay here, and the boy and I are going to go to the mountain to offer a sacrifice. Then we will come back. We come back. Underline we. Circle it. We will come back. He didn't say, we're going to offer a sacrifice, and I'm going to come back and see you. No, no, no. He said, we are going to come back. Why? Because he was absolutely full of confidence in God's provision for him. Because Abraham was full of trust in the promises of God. Because Abraham was totally and completely resting on the fact that God always, 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 always keeps his word. And God promised him 25 years, 35 years ago, that he's going to give him a son, and it's from Sarah, and God is going to keep his word. He was confident that if he had sacrificed Isaac on that altar, God was going to raise Isaac from the dead, and is going to walk down with him. That's the confidence and the faith of Abraham. So they get to the top of the mountain, everything is ready to provide the sacrifice, And the boy asks, Dad, where is the sacrifice? And there is the answer of Abraham. It's the most incredible, the most precise, the clearest prophecy of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ as offered on Mount Calvary for every one of us for our sins. As Abraham said to the boy, he said, My son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And here we see this marvelous picture of God providing himself as a sacrifice 
on Mount Calvary, 2,000 years after Abraham. And as Abraham gets ready to offer Isaac, God says, don't you lay a finger on that boy. (laughs) I now know that I'm number one in your life. You see, praise is not just empty words. Praise is giving of yourself. I'm going to talk more about this in the next message. And then Abraham looks over yonder, and there in the bushes he sees a ram. He takes that ram, and he offers them as a substitutionary sacrifice. And right here on that spot, right in that place, Abraham calls that Jehovah-Jireh, Yahweh-Yireh, Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. The word literally means, the word Yara or the word Jireh, it means literally the one who sees ahead. It really is. It means the one who sees ahead. I'm going to ask you a question here. Listen to me carefully. When was the last time did you praise God for the fact that He sees your need before you need it? That He sees your need before you know that you need it? That He sees your problems and provides a solution for them before you face those problems? That He sees the situation and the difficulties and He provides you victory before you face the problem? When did you praise God for Him providing you for a way of escape from the temptation before you have experienced the temptation. There is nothing that you face today. Listen, there is nothing that you face today or you face tomorrow or you face in the future that God has not already foreseen and He made arrangement for those needs. God provides for you today. He provides for your tomorrow. He provides for your eternity. And that is why we praise Jehovah Jireh. Can you say praise Jehovah Jireh? Praise Jehovah Jireh. Then the third name God reveals himself is in Exodus 15, 26. And that name is Jehovah Rapha. When he promised his people, here's what he said. If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God, And do what is right in his eyes. If you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I've brought upon the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals you. Do you know what the word means? It means to cure. It means to heal. It means to restore. God does not just heal. God does not just restore. God's name is healing. His name is synonymous with wholeness. His very name is power for your weaknesses. His name is a balm to your wounds. His name is the very secret of a healthy self-esteem. His very name is the mending of the broken hearts. His very name renews a degenerated mind. His very name restores shattered relationships. The greatest of all wholeness, the greatest of all healing, the greatest of all restoration, when we see Jesus face to face on that great day, and we have bodies like unto the Lord Jesus Christ after the resurrection. And that is why we praise Jehovah Rapha. Can you say praise Jehovah Rapha? Praise Jehovah Rapha. Well, then there is the fourth 
name that God revealed about Himself. He wants you, and He wants me to know it, understand it, and then bless Him and use that name in our daily praise lifestyle. Because praise is a lifestyle. It's not something you do on occasions. It is a lifestyle. It's a day in and day out, moment by moment. That name is Jehovah Nessi, God our banner. Strange name. God is our flag. Basically, that's what it literally means. Yes, but it's wonderful. Listen to what God said. Exodus 17. The Amalekites. Now, remember that the word itself, the Amalekites, means giants. That's what it means. I mean, they were were known as giants, but that's their name, the Amalekites. They were giants. And they came up upon the Israelites in the wilderness, and they basically wanted to wipe them out before they get into the promised land. And so, Moses said to Joshua, he said, take some fighting men with you and go down to the battlefield. And he said, I am going to go to the hill, and I'm going to take the staff with me that God has used before. And he says, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to go up there on top of the hill. I'm going to hold the staff to the Lord. The staff was used of God to perform supernatural miracles on behalf of his people in the midst of pagan Egypt. It's a symbol of a prayer life. That's what it is. It's a symbol of intercession. It's a symbol of Moses' relationship with God. It's a symbol of Moses' dependence on God. It's a symbol of Moses' trust in the Lord his God. That's what the staff is all about. It's symbolic. So when Moses lifted up the staff right up there in faith, the small ragtag army of the Israelites wiped out the Amalekites, the giants in the land. In fact, in the aftermath of this great victory, the Lord said to Moses in Exodus 17, 14, let me read it to you. He said, write this on the scroll as something to be remembered. I will completely blot out the Amalekites from under heaven. And there, on that spot, Moses built an altar, and he called it Jehovah Nessie, the Lord is my flag. What was Moses doing? He was waving his flag. When you praise Jehovah Nessie, you are waving the flag of the Lord over you. You are saying to the enemy of your soul, take that, Satan. I am under Jehovah's management and control. When you praise Jehovah Nessie, you are saying to Satan, Satan, my victory is assured. When you are praising Jehovah Nessie, you are saying to the enemy of your soul, you are saying, Satan, you cannot destroy the purpose of God in my life, no matter what you do. When you praise Jehovah Nessie, you are flying that flag high over your home, over your life, over your business, over your church, over everywhere you go. You are waving the flag, Jehovah Nessie, as an assurance that God is in control of your life. Listen carefully, please. Hear me right on this one. I don't know what giants you might be facing in your life right now. Only you know that. Only you know that. 
Whether the threat of someone who wants to destroy you or destroy your family, destroy your business, whether it is a giant of financial collapse, whether it's a giant of nagging fear of failure in your life, whatever giant you may be facing right now, when you praise Jehovah Nessie, you will have victory. Not might, not possibly. You will have victory. Why? Because Jehovah Nessie is greater and bigger than all the giants that are facing you right now. So let us together praise Jehovah Nessie. Praise Jehovah Nessie. Then the fifth name God wanted us to know him by is Jehovah Makadish. Now, the word Makadish simply means, in its purest sense, it means to be set aside. It means to be separated. It means to be dedicated for a certain task, no other tasks. In fact, that word is used of people and utensils in the temple. And they had those utensils or people to be separated or set aside to be used only for God in the temple. That's what the word means. And yes, it is translated holy. (laughs) Listen, I know sometimes the younger generation have a funny idea of that word, holy. They just think of somebody with robes and halos and hands folded like this and kind of musty-smelling old churches. You know, that's what they think of a holy. (laughs) That is not the case at all. Many people are uncomfortable with the word holy. They think it's demanding unreasonable restriction of one's appearance or one's behavior. It has nothing to do with that at all. In reality, it means to be cleansed and set aside. It's those two together, to be cleansed and set aside. So what does it mean when we say God is holy? Listen to me very carefully. Hear me right on this one. It means that God is separated from sin. That God is sinless. That God is purer than to look upon sin. But it also means that God has been set aside for you. That he dedicated himself on your behalf. Do you understand the enormity of this? I want to tell you something. When I was writing my notes, I was praying and thinking and focusing on how God, Jehovah, Makadish, I want to tell you something. I was going to put a hole in my roof because I was ready to go up. It is incredible. God is not just totally separated from sin that he is, but he is dedicated to bless you. God said in Leviticus chapter 20 verse 7, he said, I am Jehovah Makadesh. And that means that the mighty sinless God sets himself aside for you. It means that the mighty, sinless God dedicated himself to you. It means that the mighty, sinless God focuses his attention on you. It means that the sinless, holy, mighty God, his commitment is to you first and foremost. And I begin to comprehend this. I want to not only shout Jehovah Makadish, but I want to say, Lord, I want to be holy unto you. Praise Jehovah Makadish. Let's say it together. Praise Jehovah Makarish. Then there is Jehovah Shalom, God our peace. And God reveals this name about himself in the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 24. Gideon built an altar 
and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Let me give you the quick background of this. I'm not going to get into the details. At that time, the people of God had no peace. They had no peace. They were being harassed by their enemies. Their enemies were coming in and going out. They were destroying their crops. They were harassing them. They were causing them sleepless nights. And so much so that they have become so impoverished, they are almost ready to die. And one day, they had a great idea. (laughs) One day, they faced up to the root cause of their lack of peace. Listen to me very carefully. Until you face up to the root cause of your lack of peace in your life, you're not going to go very far. They one day faced up to the fact that it was their disobedience to the Lord God which is the cause of the problem. You see, the problem was not the Philistines. The problem was their disobedience. And so they cried out to the Lord. They turned to Him in repentance. They turned to Him out of disobedience. And God heard their prayers and He sent Him an angel. And the angel came in response to their cry. And there Gideon built that altar and he called it Jehovah Shalom. Let me ask you something of uttermost importance. If you are not experiencing deep, genuine, abiding peace in your life, it could be one of two reasons. No third, two reasons. Number one, either you do not know Jesus Christ as the Savior of your life and the Lord of your life and the manager of your life and the master of your life, or you know Him, but you're living in disobedience. In either case, God the Holy Spirit right here and right now is ready to give you His peace. You see, the door that you have open in your life for Satan to come in and go out and harass you is a door of disobedience. And that's why you're being harassed. And that's why you've lost your peace. And when you begin to praise Jehovah Shalom and turn from your disobedience, surrender to His authority, that will not be just words, but will be life. Jehovah Shalom, God is my peace. Let's praise Jehovah Shalom. Praise Jehovah Shalom. Number seven, Jehovah Rohi, or the Lord is my shepherd. Probably there is no more tender description of the Lord in the Scripture than Him being our shepherd. Because His grace is perfect. His peace is enduring. His healing is thoughtful. His comfort is superior. His companionship is forever, not temporary. His assurance banishes all our fears. His provisions make our enemies flee. His anointing is our abundance. His goodness, His his mercy is overflowing. Jehovah Roy. Let's praise Jehovah Roy. Praise Jehovah Roy. Then the eighth one, Jehovah Tasdiknu. 
I don't know whether you're going to get your tongue around that, but you can try. The Lord our righteousness. Listen carefully. It's a magnificent prophecy of the coming Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verse 5, Jeremiah prophesied of the coming Messiah, of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hundreds of years before Christ came, listen to what he said. He said, this is the name by which he will be called, the Lord our righteousness. And I want to tell you, this prophecy of Jeremiah came as a, a nice long glass of water to a thirsty person. Why? Because during the time of Jeremiah, prophets were preaching lies about God. During the time of Jeremiah, priests were only interested in feathering their own nests. During the time of Jeremiah, it was a time of violence and corruption. It was rampant. During the time of Jeremiah, the spiritual leaders were confused. The spiritual leaders were scattered. Sounds like our day, isn't it? And God said, I'm going to send my righteousness. I'm going to send my son. The word tasdiknu means literally straight or narrow, or also can mean upright. No wonder the Apostle Paul tells the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ became our righteousness. And through the indwelling Holy Spirit in our lives, God gave us the power to say no to sin, to choose, but not do it by our own strength, but His strength, because He is our righteousness. Let's praise Jehovah Tasdiknu. Let's do it. Praise Jehovah Tasdiknu. Finally, Jehovah Shammah, God who's always present. Do you know what that means? It means that every moment of every day, God is there for you. It means that He never puts you on hold and keep you forever. I heard about the guy who went to the doctor's office and waited and waited and waited. Finally, he got up and told the nurse, he said, I think I'm going to go home and die at home. (laughs) God doesn't do that. He does not put you on hold. He does not say, will you just wait a minute because I'm too busy? No, 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 you don't understand. He never puts you on hold. He never lets you wait. He never turns you down. He never pretends that he doesn't know you. Even when you are miserable and committing sin, and even when you are at your worst, and even when you cannot accept yourself, He accepts you. He never ignores you. He never leaves you nor forsake you. And that is why the Lord Jesus Christ told the disciples in Matthew 28, He said, look, hello, I am with you always, 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 every second of every day. And that is why we praise Jehovah Shammah. Praise Jehovah Shammah. You know, I could never begin to praise the names of God. No matter what situation I'm in. No matter what my circumstances are like. No matter what things are going around me. No matter what is happening inside of me. I can never begin to praise the name of God without feeling and sensing the presence of God is engulfing me. 
And the more I know God through praising of his name, the more I see him working in my life, cleansing me and washing me and conforming me to the image of his son. And the more I sense his power all around me. The reason I asked you to write these down, start doing this day after day. It will change your life. Let's start from the beginning. First one is Jehovah. Bless you. Number two, Jehovah Jireh. Number three, Jehovah Rapha. Number four, Jehovah Nessim. Number five, Jehovah Makadesh. Number six, Jehovah Shalom. Number seven, Jehovah Rohu. Number eight, Jehovah Tastiknu. Number nine, Jehovah Shammah. Father God, we bless your holy name. We thank you for revealing your names to us so that we can delight in who you are. Bless you for Jesus. We thank you that he revealed you to us, that he taught us what it means to praise Jehovah with all of his descriptions. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit who works in us and through us, and he lifts up our hearts in praise to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.